Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Social Suplex Network special edition of Fuck You Mean, our special debate show. Uh, my name is James Boyd, and I'm here with um, contributor to the Social Suplex Network via, via the SMC podcast, Rance Morris. What's going on, man? What's happening? And I'm, I'm about to start writing again, so yeah, look out for that. But what's good, y'all? Doing all right, doing all right. And with us, we have a uh, member of the uh, member of the diaspora, member of the uh, wrestling square circle uh, wrestling group that we all are a part of. Columnist of the sports of the sports Kita. That's how you pronounce it, right? Sports Kita. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have with us Simon Cotton. What's going on, man? Simon Cotton. Sorry. I mean, everything's cool. I mean, aside from that botch just now, uh, <laughs> everything's all right. <laughs> hey, look. Y'all have heard my show. I typically don't do the hosting. This is typically what would happen to 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 uh with with Rich, and I would just sit back there as talent. Now I have to absolutely be the the host slash uh moderator slash referee. So my slash, bad. I'm typically just talent just get to go. I have slash, to actually kind of coach this thing. Slash commentator, because you know you're gonna you were gonna hear your opinion you, too. You interject a little bit. This ain't just about us. Come on. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I guess I'll dip my toe on all that. So you got another slash to the to the credit. So yeah, I guess that's another check, right? So, um, guys, I'm so glad to have you here today. Uh, we tried to do this last night, but we ended up just talking about wrestling for three hours like a bunch of geeks. So yeah, pretty much, uh, pretty much. Yeah. So this time we're gonna do it for real. This time, so I want to know where do you guys want to start? Start from the top, man. Let's let's yeah, let's do wrestle. It's WrestleMania week, so let's start with that. Yep. Okay, guys. So, um, we're just gonna start from the top of it. We have on the list. So, uh, at the start, we're gonna start with John Cena versus The Undertaker. Um, I want to know, guys, what are your thoughts about uh, this particular feud in the build and um, what you expect? Oh man, <laughs> I love the way you start your your arguments. It's always oh man. We're going to start with I mean, this. So what am I going to say? It's, oh, it's hilarious. Because situations like this just 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 get on my last nerve. Yeah. It's, it's the way they do. It's the way they go about stuff. And and when you really think about all that, let me just get into it. So <laughs> with John Cena and The Undertaker, this has been a match that people have been talking about for years, obviously. Like, especially when the streak was still intact. But even after the streak was broken, after WrestleMania 30, it was the match with John Cena and the match with Sting that I remember people talking about. They couldn't, they didn't do it at 31 because they wanted to have the Bray Wyatt match. For what reason, I have no clue. Spooky mumbo jumbo, I guess. Uh, WrestleMania 32, they couldn't do it. They couldn't have either guy because Sting basically had to retire and John Cena was injured. Yeah. WrestleMania 33, I still remember people calling for that match. Because that was one. That's what I thought they were going heading into WrestleMania 33. Then I read the report from Dave Meltzer. Didn't really want to believe it. Then I saw the Royal Rumble, and it was it was obvious what direction they were going. So for the past three years, they've had they've missed the opportunity to give the fans the match that they specifically asked for. One year, one of the years wasn't their fault. So I'll give them that pass. But like two three, but two years they had the opportunity to give fans the match they watched. Even before then, if you count some of the other WrestleMania matches that they've had, and now WWE is finally giving us this match, and it feels like the most underwhelming thing on the card. 
This is supposed to be the big attraction that everybody wants to see. John Cena, this this 16-time world champion, The Undertaker, the guy who gave John Cena the rub, like in 2002, where he shook his hand and was like, good job. Like, there's a story to be told here, and all I'm seeing is John Cena contradicting himself and The Undertaker not showing up at all. So, So there's so many things to respond there. First and foremost, let me say this. I hate the idea of this match in general. I, I absolutely hate it. So I want y'all to, to know that when I when, when I stick up for this stuff, that I'm sticking up for it on proxy, not because I want to see the match. I, I don't care at all about this match in 2018, not even the slightest bit. So let me say, let me start with this first. Uh, yes, they had two years. They could have, well, they should have done it. Wait, there's been a decade. They should have done this match. But 31 and 33, yes. 31 uh, I realize you guys, and I'm including James in it, aren't the biggest Bray Wyatt fans, but Bray Wyatt was supposed to be the new Undertaker. So <laughs> it, it's supposed to be. Hindsight, Man, what, an insult, what an insult that is now. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't call it insult, but hindsight is 2020. Absolutely. Um, so, I the, and, and again, the only reason that match fell flat is because Undertaker couldn't give a damn by coming to work. If he would have came to work and did anything to build that feud, that would have been a much better package. Um, and then last year, I know you guys read Melzer a lot more than I do, but Cena wanted to propose to his wife. You can't really fault the dude for that. Now, whether that was Vince's idea or his, whatever it was, that's a moment. That's a bigger moment to me because that's real life. That's bigger than anything they could have done in the wrestling realm. But whatever the situation is, they could have had the match cool. They didn't. So the few... The buildup has been underwhelming, absolutely. But the any Undertaker feud, for especially WrestleMania feud, is always underwhelming because the dude don't give a shit about coming to work. So it's really hard to build a match on your own. It's really hard. If Undertaker has had would have made any appearance, or we'd seen some lightning or something to this point, then I don't think we'd be as down on this as we are. But he's done nothing. And whether that's by, by design, or and I'm sure it's by design. Nothing goes on TV with the, without being on design for the most part. But So with given what we know we're given, with, with playing with the rules that we've been given, I like the idea of Cena being a dick to get the match he wants. Because if we go by the story, not the backstage, but, but the story, just what we're seeing on TV, um... Cena comes. Cena's had a bad, he's had a down year because he's lost a lot of matches. He starting to realize he might be down a step or you know losing a step. He loses the Royal Rumble. Okay, cool. And he's one of the finalists, but he loses, so he can't go for that title. He decides to go to SmackDown, try to fight for that title. Nothing. He don't have a feud with nobody. So in his mind, I don't have a match to WrestleMania. I don't have a feud. I don't have a title match. What's the point? So, I'm either going to be a fan or get the match I've wanted all this time. So, I'm going to do everything I can like a little kid on the schoolyard and, and make fun of this dude who I was just making fun of, build up this dude who I was just making fun of months ago to get him to come out of hiding. I'm going to make him think everything I can to come out of hiding and fight me because I want a match. Selfish as hell. But within the story being told, he's supposed to be desperate. I realize we, we're not seeing that, but that's the point. 
so yeah, man, I think this is the best they could have done with Taker not giving a shit about coming to work. If we came to work, we'd be talking a different conversation. See, here's my caveat to that. If you if the Undertaker's not gonna show up for this build, it's like you could have left it at WrestleMania 33, 32, uh, 33. People was ready for it. Like people I didn't like the, the match. Right, people didn't like the match with uh Roman Reigns, but yeah. when they saw the final segment and everything, it was like, you know what, that's like the perfect way for this man to go out. And then he showed up for Raw one thousand for Raw twenty five mm-hmm. and he didn't really say anything one way or the other. So it's like, okay, you could announce your t- retirement right then. You could have, you could have been a headliner this year, or whatever, with the site where your where the streak ended and all this other stuff. Uh, you n- nobody, nobody was asking for this dude to come back at this point. Once WrestleMania well, thirty, or at least not to WrestleMania. People, some people might be talking about other matches, yeah. but nobody was asking for him. Hey, let's show back up again for WrestleMania because at that point the character was. The character's done. Simon. Like it's to it's to the point people are asking for the freaking uh Simon uh, American badass Undertaker now. Simon, fans are always gonna cape for the Undertaker when it's WrestleMania season. That's just what we've been taught for twenty plus years. Whether I mean, he's gonna come back or not, we've been taught to think, man, well Taker might be here, so let's get excited about Taker. I'm again, I'm not saying I like it, I'm not saying I agree, but that's what we have been pre that's what we have been predisposed to believe. That when once Royal Rumble comes around, damn well we should be hearing Taker's music come around every now and then. It's almost to the point where WrestleMania is hard to accept without Undertaker being around. That's almost to the point that it's gotten. So when you say that nobody was asking for him, bro, there's a bunch of people that were asking for him. Now I'm with you a hundred percent. Don't do the match. I don't want it to happen. I don't think it should have happened at all. But we are we have to play with the rules we're given. And the rules we're given is the shit gonna happen. Uh, James, you wanted to say something? Yeah, sure. Um I think you both I think you both have valid points, even though like, you know, Reigns is kinda like defending some shit he doesn't actually want to defend. So it's kinda <laughs> weird on it. Um but I, I will say like uh I will say as a person that is like Undertaker is my at worst it's my second favorite wrestler of all time. Like I have a tie between Undertaker and Sean. But Fair. um at this point I I feel like at this point if you're going if you're going to actually, you know, show or show up for WrestleMania to get to do this match, to, to go ahead and pick up this check, you could at least like, you know, fly in, throw some lightning down or something. And even from the perspective of, like you said, Rans, about he doesn't want to, uh, maybe he doesn't want to show up or whatever else, then, like, if that's the case, then you got to give Cena something to, like, mm-hmm. at least uh, bounce or play off of from, from the Undertaker perspective. Like, what they did with Kane, I thought when Kane came out, like, they could have had him be a standard as a proxy for Kane, or for, for Undertaker, and do the talking for him or whatever else. Mm-hmm. They didn't even do that. They just had to have, go out there and have a match. And I, and I just thought, like, you know, Kane is a capable talker. They could have did that. They could they could have done the talking. They just, like, they just brought him out there just to give him a match to do. And I thought, like, even 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 while they're doing the bare, doing, you know, some very bare minimum type stuff, like, even that's, even that is, like, even that is uninspired. 
and, and you so know what that, that was kind of that's kind of my issue with this feud you know what's the messed up thing about all of this mm-hmm. on monday when the lights go out and he pops up behind cena we all gonna lose our shit that's just if he just, does that's just that's just the way we're this way we're oh, talking they, they better they, they they better not not have this man show if, if we've been building to this just for some lightning to show to, to crack down <laughs> he needs to be at raw he, i'm a, he has if to he, be at Raw. There's right. no way that they can have the match and he's not at if Raw. You, if they wanted to do the lightning mumbo-jumbo, thunder, the, the black screen, I accept. Rest in peace, blah, blah, blah. Way too late, bro. They could have did that last week, the week before that, the week before that. Yep. There's been time for that. Yep. If you're telling me that this man does not show up next week, yep. I am going to scream. And then, and then, okay. and, and then you know, and then you know in the realm of the WWE, like, the worst thing you can call somebody is a coward. In the realm of WWE, historically, to like a you baby can call, face, yeah. to a babyface, like you can be called a bitch, you can call an asshole, you can be called all these words, but you call it a coward. Oh, it's time to fight. Well, Cena been calling this dude out for like three weeks now, so he kind of got to show up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, don't maybe, do the match, please. Just don't do it. Too late, bro. Yeah, it's all down. It's too too far going on that one. Yeah. Um. So what are y'all thoughts on the potential that there will be like just quick because I know y'all I probably have an idea of what both of y'all are gonna feel about. What are y'all thoughts on the potential of uh Undertaker coming out as the American badass? Simon, go ahead. Um, yeah. That <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> I told you to go first. I'm so glad. Um, as somebody who because like, most of y'all know, I caught like the tail end of the attitude there. So it's really the Rufus Aggression area that's like the part that I got expertise in. And as somebody who experienced some of that, I'm not sure I'm ready for the mystique to die again for this dude to come out here with a with the American flag <laughs> uh, in tow, wave, waving that around, all this others. I, I I I don't know. I'd rather not. <laughs> okay. That's that's that, I'm leaving it at that. May I? Go ahead. Go right ahead. Big Evil Undertaker is my favorite Undertaker, and it's my favorite Undertaker because that undead zombie bullshit is um, is not believable to me. The fact that he was not able to sell for so long, the fact that he was not able to like, he couldn't even sell pain for like five years, like stuff like that. When he was Big Evil, he was able to emote so much, so much more, and 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 you know actually be a person for once so that's my favorite version of Undertaker. i ain't saying he needs to come out to the kid rock song and american flag but it would make more sense to me in my mind if he comes back now after the send-off he got last year as big evil because he retired the undertaker the dead man was retired last year that's what that would mean to me that I I I I retired that scenario. I'm I got one last ride. You see what I did there? One last ride in me on the bike like that. That I would appreciate that. Plus, that's a callback, like Simon said at the very beginning of this, to the beginning because the 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 taker that uh, co-signed John Cena after his first match was Biker Undertaker. So that's even another callback. So I, that's the only way that you can make me excited about this match at this point. That's that's it. That's the only thing that would make me personally excited. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept it if he comes out to the Limp Biscuit theme. 
No, not even that. The WWE one, you got to pay. That's fine. It ain't got to be Kid Rock. You know, he ain't got to come out here with the flag and stuff. And No, he ain't got to do all that. Just just give me just give me the bike and be Bike Undertaker for one night. Be Mark Calloway. Have you wrestle your last match as Mark Calloway. I'm good with that. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to move on. But uh, <laughs> in the, in, before I move on, I will say this. Uh, Undertaker did show up post-WrestleMania 33 at, at Raw 25 yeah. dressed as, as the Undertaker, as the dead man gimmick. So that shit ain't exactly been retired just yet. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, we had a jacket with those so he was transitioning. He was transitioning. What about the hat, though? <laughs> he had the yeah, he exactly. had the hood on. He right. had the hood on. So yeah, maybe he was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I hate y'all. Put that in move the video. We gonna move on. <laughs> we, we 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 just gonna move on because okay. I hate y'all guts. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, over the. Well, I guess pretty much you can say this pretty much started since uh, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, since Elimination Chamber. Roman Reigns uh, won himself a title shot at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a, I'm sorry, a universal championship opportunity against <laughs> against, Robert, against Brock Lesnar. For, uh, so, for, so for the second time, they will be at WrestleMania going at it. Uh, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on this feud so uh, go ahead. Well, I've I've been talking for some time about this, so I'm gonna let Rance take take go first on this one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Alternate between um between topics. So I I have mixed feelings. Uh, I guess for those who, well, if you listen to this, I'm sure you've heard me before, but I'm one of the bigger Roman fans and supporters on the internet. Uh, I've loved the dude since the Shield. I love actually since NXT. So I, I'm I, I'm happy that he's in the spot. Right. Uh, I also need to give full disclosure that I thought and uh, predicted that Braun Strowman would win. And if this would be Braun versus Brock at Mania, I was wrong. Uh, Just in case Rich didn't hear me, if you're listening, I was wrong. (laughs) Um, So when I think about this match, I appreciate some of the subtleties that they've done with this build as it didn't last year. First and foremost, Lesnar didn't give a shit about coming to work last year, um, which is a reoccurring issue with these matches we're talking about. People don't want to come to work. Um, so at least this year, it's been flipped to the point where, I guess, real-life uh, intricacies are being played out on the screen because uh, Roman called... Woman called Brock Lesnar's boy, and then everybody lost their mind. Okay. Well, technically, Roman's at work every day. Brock works 10 days a year. One is a bigger boy than the other. Um, but uh, what they're doing is they're making it, they're, they're trying so hard to garner sympathy for Roman, trying so hard. And it's working from a on paper standpoint. And he's actually getting sympathy. There's always going to be a, a, a section of the crowd that's going to hate him. But for, uh, for, a, a, for a, good por- a good portion of the crowd is getting behind him if they already weren't behind him. Um, but the best thing that happened to this feud 
the, the best thing that happened to this is they have had interaction and not just promos. They didn't fought and they didn't threw down twice now. And um, that beatdown that Brock did on Roman two weeks two weeks ago, I think it was when he was handcuffed. It wasn't the most brutal thing we've seen, but for today's, you know, I mean, we all saw his arms, his hands afterwards. Like that was a nice little beatdown that was unexpected. So um, while this isn't the match that I would have wanted to book if I had the book, uh, I think they've done a decent job. I think they've done a good job. And plus, Brock, not only is Brock a natural antagonist just by who he is, but it's very well known that Brock don't really give a shit about wrestling. He don't really give a shit about WWE. He don't give a shit about anything but a check. And, But he actually seems to care about MMA because... Wrestling seems to be his side chick, and MMA is his is his is his wife. And I say that because he keeps he keeps dipping on his wife, but he always seems to want to go back to her. You know what I'm saying? You, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I really think he wants to go back to UFC, or at least he's interested in it. So that interest there, and and that being very known, and him taking pictures with Dana the night of a of the night of a of a major raw pay-per-view and stuff it just adds to the ambiguity of this feud because you don't know if brock's gonna be here or not you don't know if if uh you know if brock really did no shoulder or not i mean if you read Meltzer, you know the truth but you know if you don't read Meltzer, for all you know he just really didn't give a shit about coming to work so you know i i, I think they're really trying their best to separate this and be different than they were last time I guess that's where I'll start. Okay, so I like the fact that in regards to this field, I like the fact that they're coming at it from a completely different angle to to, to an extent because in 2015 we didn't get we didn't get half as much stuff as we got here. Yeah, we got we got the one segment the right the night after the Royal Rumble, and then we got the segment before WrestleMania 31. Oh, well, they were tussling over the belt, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, we got more in between now, but the problem here is a lot of people, the same. it's the same uh, circumstances surrounding it. WrestleMania 31, the conquering champion was on a dominant role, stranglehold on the main event, and the babyface who fans have a problem with coming for the title. Fast forward three years later, we're still in the exact same place. The only difference is Roman Reigns' resume looks far better than it did. Yeah, absolutely. Than it did previously. So, but as far as the build-up to this match, WWE, this this match was pretty much a known thing since WrestleMania 33, because the night after that, because the night after the show, Paul Heyman made the the quick uh, little blip about. Roman being the one to beat The Undertaker after Brock Lesnar did it. And even if you don't read Meltzer, you can kind of see that there was a little bit of foreshadowing there from that. And then by SummerSlam, when Brock Lesnar pinned Roman Reigns, that... Now, if if they were smart, they would have had Braun Strowman win the title at no mercy to throw people off a little bit. But they decided to keep Braun, uh, Brock Lesnar as the champion undefeated for that time. So by the time... And nobody, everybody knew it at, at pretty much a Royal Rumble with that triple death match... That it was only there to protect Strowman. Mm-hmm. So, so people, people and, know. Oh, 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 
and also keep and also keep Strowman out of the uh, out of the Royal Rumble. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So people knew that this match was coming. Like, and they, and this is another sim- similarity to 2015 because people kind of knew about that match too. It wasn't as blatantly obvious until the actual Royal Rumble show, but with this storyline, with all we know about Roman Reigns, with everything we've seen with his push so far, you can see this coming a mile away, and that's one of its problems. Now, pushing Brock Le- Roman Reigns as a guy who has a problem with Lesnar because he's a part-timer, it kind of rings hollow because he already said these same things to John Cena, and John Cena fired back simply out of with the, I can do this better part-time, you can do it full-time. And Roman had no response to that. Now, Brock Lesnar doesn't care to that degree, so he's not going to he's not gonna say anything. Paul Heyman's not even going to address that like that, but there's still a point in the back of your mind when you, when you hear this stuff. And I was with this idea of the Roman having a problem with the part-timer thing until he took it too far and said he stepped right in, out of reality talking about Brock Lesnar is Vince's boy. Like, but but, it's not, but that's that's the truest reality that that there is. I mean, but, but how, there is but nothing com- more true in the in the world in the wrestling world than that statement. Com- compared to compared to Roman though, like have you, Rock is a the- bigger boy. Rock is a bigger boy than Roman. Yes, look at the facts. I mean, but I, I think. Oh, oh, hold on, guys. I think that um, I think that you're you're both right in this situation, but ultimately, like. If if you follow WWE over the last like four years, whatever else, no one gives a fl- no one no one's gonna f- give a shit if Roman is telling the truth or not because they all know that he's also one of those boys. So like, that's another, right? That's another reason why it rings hollow because it's like, hey, he's one of Vince's boys. Like you whistleblowing, but you in the you whistleblowing, but you in the same room talking about the same stuff, enjoying the same benefits. But wait a minute, so. wait a minute, hold on. I want you to finish, but I but hold on. So, do either of you have any brothers or sisters? Yes. Yeah. You have a brother. So is I'm sure one of y'all is the parents' favorite. Not that they don't love y'all all the same, but one of y'all just seems to have that rapport with the parents more. It's just fact. I have two kids. I love my children <clears throat> equally, but I got a better rapport with my oldest than I do with my youngest. That's just how it is. So I'm sure right. but, one day but- she might say, well, why is, why is she... I'm not going to say my kids' names on... on you know, on racks, but of course, why that's is fine. that's fine? Why is she doing this when I'm not? Why is she your girl, but I'm not? That's that's just how I look at it. It doesn't mean that it's wrong, right? You know, here's the thing: from the perspective of from the perspective of the child that feels uh being that feels wronged, mm-hmm. that's to them. But to uh, to people that are from the outside looking in, they still see you as you're still one of them. You're still one of those kids. Like for example, have you ever heard of the, the old, what's the old Bill Withers line? It don't really matter how. It don't really matter if you tell them. The, it doesn't really matter what you're saying when no one's willing, not trying to listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, there ain't nobody trying to hear that from from Roman because Ro, because Roman is still in that same boat. Maybe he's not in as nice of a boat, but he's still in the boat. I, I hear <laughs> right. you. I hear you. But what what's maddening to me is I'm I I don't. Inconsistency don't don't work with my mind. I just can't handle inconsistency. And well, the inconsistency and, is your baby face saying this when he when everybody knows what the situation is. That's your that's that's the real inconsistency. And that's right. what's driving me crazy because every every fan is saying what Roman is saying. It's just you don't like it because Roman said it. That's BS to me. Yes, because that's the part of that's the thing. 
if this was if this had been Daniel Bryan, hell, maybe even if it was Daniel another, another is, oh, let me too. finish. Let me finish. Maybe even if it was another guy that actually gets the, the whole stamp of being one of Vince's golden boys, like John Cena had, had said something like that. Maybe people would have bought that more from him. The thing is this. Roman is a guy that the crowd has re- Roman is a guy that the crowd has rejected. Therefore, they ain't trying to put up with no matter. How, they don't give a damn if he's telling the truth or not. They've rejected him, and they still getting the push down their throat. So either you, so people are gonna go, go kicking and screaming. I understand that you're tired of people kicking and screaming, but kick and scream they still gonna do. So that's what we have. And, be- and because it's coming from Roman Reigns, a guy who's who they've been trying so desperately to find any type of angle, any type of situation to put Roman in to get cheered. It doesn't come across as some genuine beef that Roman has with the dude. It comes across as if I say if I say this, they'll like me. I, Brock Lesnar's a part timer, and we hate part timers, right, guys? That's what it comes across yeah. as. Okay, so let me tell you why I disagree. Again, let's look at it from both perspectives. Let's look at it from on screen first, okay? On screen. It's not even that Brock don't come up to work. Brock don't even give a shit about... You Look at the... Again, look at the context. This isn't just Brock's a part-timer. This is... Brock was supposed to come here and face me. This was advertised. They sent out a text to everybody and, a, and an alert that he's supposed to be there, and he's not uh, there. I have to interject, because they messed, they messed themselves up with, with, with that storyline with the whole Ronda Rousey situation. Because they advertised... Ronda Rousey is scheduled to be at every single episode of Monday Night Raw uh, before heading into WrestleMania, and then that week she didn't show up at all, and they and they went and deleted the advertisement and the announcement saying that. So they cut into their own storyline with that. So as far as we know, that's an error on the company. It's not an not- error because they openly admitted that he just no-showed at the beginning of the show. The whole, the whole Ronda Rousey thing was never talked about on screen, that she didn't show up. The whole story was, in fact... In fact, if you remember correctly, Kurt Angle opened the show and said Roman is not uh, – Ro- uh, he said that Brock Lesnar will not be here, which is what caused Roman to come out. So it was acknowledged that, that Brock just literally just didn't care about coming to work, which is what caused him to say, well, I'm here every week. And then if you remember, we just, we just talked about it, 2015, where they had the first feud. He never came to work then too. So Roman is thinking – well, damn, look, every time this dude got to fight me, he don't want to come face me. What's up with that? That don't make, that, that yeah. don't make no sense? No, no, that makes perfect sense. But the, but the part that you're not understanding is, like, you'd still do that, but the crowd has rejected him, so that's just people aren't, people aren't going to get behind him the way that they, the way that, that storyline will work for, say, any other person that the crowd was mildly behind as well to have them rejected. I ain't tripping. Like, that's, like, that's like, what you run with. I'm not saying the, that. Look, I'm not saying. Hold, hold me finish. I'm not right. saying that. Regardless of whatever they do, seeing that the crowd rejected, that means you just go out there and just do. You just go out there and do nothing because the crowd's gonna reject them regardless of whatever else. However, like at this point, the the stuff that they're doing is trying to do this work shoot shit to try to make him seem cool and edgy or whatever else. But like the crowd ain't gonna reject because they know this a ploy. Well, there's a difference between rejecting something and acknowledging truth in it. And in Simon, in, in his, when Simon started in Simon's argument, that's what took him away from this. When it's absolutely true, why does it take you out of it? Because it reads like bad PR. From Everything the reads like bad PR, Simon. This is all fake. I, but y'all pick and choose every but, time Roman does something. Y'all pick and choose to 
to attack him when everybody else on the roster does the same shit. Now hold on, you talk. Now I'm. A, I, I, I'm not gonna say y'all. I'm talking Reigns over the past few years. Y'all talking when, over each other. Y'all talking over each whenever other. Whenever I say y'all, let me let me. I want you to finish. Whenever I say whenever I say y'all, I don't mean specific people. I mean fans. So let me caveat that because I say y'all a lot. I don't mean to attack anybody personally, especially not you two, because we talk often enough to know for me to know what y'all think about things. I'm talking about fandom in general. So, All right. yeah. Go ahead, no, even, go ahead. With, even with it being fake, it's like you. It's hard to explain. It's, it's just something you feel like. Some things sound and resonate with you more than other things do. For example. When CM Punk did the pipe bomb promo, the original one in 2011, mm-hmm. we knew that a lot of a lot of us were smart enough to know, yeah, they, they had to approve that. They would have cut they would have cut the mic and escorted him out the building and all this other stuff, cut the commercial if it was yeah. actually real. But what yeah. what the stuff he in, said? In Punk, yeah, in Punk also wouldn't have said like, yeah, I'm gonna you know, and come this Sunday or whatever Sunday, I'm gonna come win a WWE title. Nah, bro, you ain't even gonna get into that building after saying some shit like that. If this is right. real. Right. He would have, yeah, he would have been fired on the spot and took taken out back backstage and all this stuff. But when he's the things he said and the delivery, and when you think about the way John Cena was positioned and all that other stuff, it resonated more because even if it wasn't 100 percent true. There, there was enough truth to it to a degree to get people to invest in it. With, with, And it was coming from a person who had not been in a position where he had been this top star, like the key, the marquee guy for so many to- years. But he was a multi-time world champion, sure. But, yeah, okay. Well, it's the key. You it, can it, say, well, that's a fact. He was a, uh, what was he, a three-time world, world champ at that point? World champ. This is like 2010. Y'all know how I feel about the world championship in 2010. And okay. On. He won it three times. <laughs> but there's a clear difference at that time between WWE championship and world championship. But that's okay. that's another topic for another okay. day. So with Roman Reigns, he's saying the right things. It's, he's talking about the right stuff, but it's but it 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 doesn't sound right coming from him because of his position in the company because of how fast he's gotten to the top because like all this stuff all these different uh issues surrounding this man it's like it doesn't it's, it doesn't feel as genuine it's a it's a legitimate point it needs to be discussed but some things you should some things it doesn't it just don't sound right hearing from people and this is one of those times so and and I'm forgive me for for for, I'm about to sound I'm about to sound hyperbolic, so forgive me right now. But I just feel like they might as well just go ahead and fire this dude, because there's nothing he could ever do that the crowd will accept apparently, because there is not a, there's nothing that he can say more. Let me let me flip it for you, and I don't I don't I don't want to flip to another subject because I want to talk about this. But Daniel Bryan just came back from all he came back from and did whatever. He gets beat down, he gets apron power bombed, and comes back to work. The, people have missed weeks of work for this. And he comes back to work like nothing's ever wrong. The next week. Sami Zayn missed months because of that. Seth Rollins missed weeks. Other people missed weeks because of these apron power bombs. He just comes to work the next day like it ain't shit. Nobody cares because we like him. That drives me crazy. It don't. I don't like the picking and choosing of what we accept. I can't handle that. So, so for example, when you talk about that, right? So there's another there's another perfect example with Daniel Bryan where uh, after WrestleMania 30, 
or he gets in a match where he gets put on a stretcher, he comes back in there and wins the title, or whatever, and then shows the next day without limping or selling anything. And you know, you know the reason why he did that. And Batista talked about this. You know the reason why he showed the next day without selling anything? Why? Because good. Vince told him not to sell anything. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so, so I got a problem so with that point, too. So my point, hold on, let me finish. My point on that is. You're you're talking about the injury thing. Yes, he should still be. He should be still be off TV. However, they have decided when and when and, and where stuff wants should be sold and when it's not going to be sold based off the schedule. Like if Brian had been cleared to actually uh, go through contact whatever, it may have happened two weeks before then, and then he could have been off TV for two weeks to sell it or whatever. Right. Else. But they but they were up against the time crunch. That's that's they're doing because they paid. They have doctors that they could have listened sure. to that had done this shit. However long ago to get this, to get that man cleared or whatever, it could have happened a month ago, whatever. Else. But you're missing what I'm saying. What I'm That's saying is, it but, ain't no, to what do you're saying crowd. is, you're saying is, you do something with Daniel Bryan, it doesn't work. Here's the thing. But that's not the what I'm saying. Is, That's not what I'm thing. saying. What I'm saying is, the crowd doesn't care. They're excited. They're, they're right, willing I'm to getting accept to that. it. I'm okay. getting to that. Okay. I just want to make sure you that. know that. Yeah. That was the point. I'm getting it. Just like we talked about, just what we talked about yesterday when when we talked about, for example, during the during the I guess the lost tapes, right? Um, the Los Angeles recording of this thing, when we talked about the Jack Swagger and the Del Rio match Dude. and the build towards that at WrestleMania 29, yeah. where you said it's a good story. And I said, well, yeah, on paper it's a good story, but the thing is, your story is only is only as good as what the, the, your crowd and your fan base is willing to accept. Mm-hmm. So when you have a guy like Swagger that was off TV for forever because he was on a huge losing streak, he was on a downturn of his career, was gone for, for months or whatever else, come back, win the Elimination Chamber, go on to Del Rio because and, and as a gimmick because Del Rio's Mexican, you have him be a xenophobe, and that's your and that's your storyline. Mm-hmm. People people may have accepted it may or may not have. However, they didn't, and you just got to chalk it up. You got to chalk it up to the game. Right. So when it comes to when they do all this work shoot stuff with, with Roman, whether it was right now with Brock Lesnar or whether it's um in September when he was against uh, John Cena or whatever else, they they already had one example showing you that like the crowd ain't buying when he starts uh, doing the work shoot shit. So don't do it again. And they went at it and they've done it again. And granted, it's a, it's a light it's light years better than what they did at WrestleMania 31 between Brock and Roman. However. If the crowd ain't willing to accept it from that dude, you gotta figure out something else. Like if you keep it just strictly with well, the best Roman fuse have all been when it's strictly been just about the wrestling. When it's been strictly just the wrestling. When is when it was when it was AJ and him, yeah. it was great. When it was AJ and Brian, it was great. When it was when it was Seth or whatever else, when it was just about the title or whatever else, he may have got rejected, but the storyline was still there and it was still strong and it doesn't make him look funny in the light. Or look like a hypocrite or whatever. So just stick to the wrestling. You don't have to go into the work shoot shit with him. He's already made as a star. He doesn't have to do that. Simon, I want you to finish, but let me let me say this real quick to that. My only retort is everything he's saying may come off work shoot, but it's literally even if it's work shoot in real life or backstage because we know too damn much anyway. Everything he's saying is rooted in storyline, literally, because like I said, the storyline was. Brock is in Vegas. He's not in Vegas for Elimination Chamber. He's in Vegas to hang out with Dana White. Brock is advertised to come to Raw. And throughout all TV on USA, he's cut. He's not at. He's supposed to come to Raw. First thing of the show is Brock's not here. 
Last year, um, uh, 2015, when in their build, Brock's never coming to work. They had two face-offs. One when the show was canceled because of snow, and the other the night before WrestleMania. So this isn't him saying, oh, I'm just going to come out here and just talk some shit because it's what the fans want to say. It's, I'm tired of coming to work, and this dude's supposed to face me, we're advertised, and he's not here. So if it was just some John Cena stuff of him just bringing up stuff out of nowhere just because, I could understand the 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 issue with it. But this is literally all in storyline. And people still won't accept it. And that's what bothers me. Right. And I just explained to you why. Because people don't want to hear that from him. I I can't accept that. This is a Roman-specific thing that, as a story, would work when it's it's a few other, when a bunch of other people or or a bunch of everyone else. But story has to match character and also reaction to character. And And when it comes from somebody that's being rejected, they ain't gonna buy it, and so when you so when you go and do it again, like that's on you. I hear. I you. would even and argue that in the first two weeks, people were getting uh, buying into it, the storyline to a degree. That he yep. was getting more like because because they just kept it at the okay, this is a part timer, like you're not showing up. I want to fight you. I'm ready to fight you. Let's do this. And then they and then they all like they always do. They went one too many, and they said, "Well, he's Vince's boy." And it's like that statement in itself is. It really just exposes the storyline to a degree. Cause it's like you're over here arguing about this guy. Like, yeah, I don't like the privileges that he's getting, or the, the that he doesn't have to face any repercussions and blah blah blah. And the, but yeah. when people know the stuff about what they know about you, it's like, well, What's you're that? kind of in that same. Hmm? Roman failed the test. He got he got suspended. Brock failed the test. Well, hold on. He came to work. Like I, right. But this look—they couldn't bring that up because they, that would have that, that would have been a that would have been terrible for them to bring it up. Be like he got suspended, and then uh, and then I got I got popped PDs. Yeah. I got suspended. He got suspended. And he I'm not got, saying they uh, should have bring it up, but yeah, I'm, I, yeah, that, that would have been dumb for them to bring it up. But what I will say to you, Simon, is um, like the crowd eventually does have to stop harping on every little small fucking thing that that Roman says. It, and it do, it is a drawback to actually enjoying the show when like he says one thing out of a whole promo that was effective and then like bring it out and be like like the golden boy thing is just overblown. It's like granted, yes, I understand like he is a, he is the golden boy or whatever else, but like he's he's trying to get one thing over, but I personally think they shouldn't have been beating him like this. Like, do y'all, what, what were your thoughts on the fact that he's gotten his ass kicked by Lesnar two weeks in a row? Wow, we haven't even talked about that this whole time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and like, I'm, I, 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 I think, just got I triggered, man. That's that's what, that, I think me. that's what turned me off this feud more than anything else. Exactly, because okay. the entire, because because the entire storyline is Roman Reigns is ready to fight this guy. You look at this, you look at the match from WrestleMania 31. Man survived four F5s from Brock Lesnar. Was it four? He was Damn. clearly, yep, he. Uh, he didn't. He, Brock didn't go for the pin after the four because that's when Rollins came out. Right. It was four. It's like so he's clearly there for a fight. He's ready. He. It was showing how tough the dude was. And then we get this stuff. Last and we get this stuff. Yes. Uh, two weeks ago with Brock getting beating him up, handcuffed. I didn't mind that one at first so much because I'm like, okay, well they got the opportunity next week to correct it, and they didn't. They purposely chose to have Roman Reigns get beat down again. This is like of all the times to have Roman Reigns no sell an injury and go for the fight. Like that's, this is one of the times like, cause people want, people know this is for the most part, this should be a good match. There's no, there's little to no reason why it would, should be bad. Yeah. 
but they still want to see the build, the excitement. It's like, okay, right, this ain't just going to be the same story as last time where Brock Lesnar's going to suplex him for 30, for 30 minutes and Roman Reigns is going to get the comeback in the last 10. Like, this needs, this needs to be different. It needs to feel different. And as I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, this storyline feels the exact same as it was back at WrestleMania 31. Only difference is we get a little bit more physical interactions. And, uh, and, uh, and there's more words exchanged. I don't, I don't, I don't see how it could feel the same when literally they had two interactions, but that, that's neither. I'm talking about from the overall structure of the story, the, 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 the man with the stranglehold on the title, dominant, running through everybody, and the guy, okay, Roman Reigns having to prove himself and all these other different okay. situations. I got you. I got oh, so you like the storyline from, so the storyline from like the story from like a global perspective, like just yeah. a far out, like a far out overview. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'll put you on that. I get you on that. You're right there. Okay, I agree with you. So let me let me let me say this: the 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 segment with when he got arrested and Brock came out. If you can, him hitting the U.S. Marshal is pretty tough to in, ignore. In Texas, yeah, it's pretty tough to ignore. But this is wrestling, whatever. Well, let, well, I will say this real quick, Rance. The next week, um, or just this past week, they did explain that those guys weren't actually U.S. Marshals. Right. Those were guys that Roman. Those were guys that they paid off to dress as U.S. Marshals. So, like, right. for me, that kind of say that that makes it better. But I just don't like the fact that they're whooping. I don't like the fact that like Roman right now is this dude that's saying that this dude's an entitled prick or whatever else. And then while he's saying that, it's getting his ass whooped back to back weeks. Like. I was I'm not necessarily with Rich on this, but Rich said like every single time like those two are on TV, every time he shows up, <laughs> Roman should be whooping his ass. But like that, yeah, Roman that'd be too much. Roman, given but but given what Roman has or sorry, what uh what Lesnar has done in all his feuds this past year, right? From mm-hmm. go from or or fifteen months for um or since since uh Goldberg, right? Mm-hmm. He puts Goldberg over and gets squashed. Um he gets his, he gets embarrassed by Goldberg left and right, left and right, right. The Royal Rumble on TV, and then he get, and then he beats Goldberg. Um, he gets his, he get, keep getting put in the jump zone by by uh Some Joe. by Joe. Joe left and right, left and right, choked out all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Heyman had to feel it, right? And then you go to Strowman where he Strowman is you know killing that dude in, in the Survivor Series match, mm-hmm. gets killed, lead up, no getting the shit no sold or whatever else, and, mm-hmm. and just getting killed. And then it's it's time for Roman, the guy's actually going to beat this dude, and he's just whooping the hell out of him. Well, so let me explain that. Like I was saying, that segment was the best segment of the entire build for me because that segment actually brought the first true hint of story uh, of of like of of a of a story build into it. Because we know Brock has no-showed. Because clear, the story is Brock doesn't respect Roman, right? Brock's no-showed, couldn't give a shit about coming. Then they involve Vince in it, which is, which is supposed to make you think, well, it's Vince backing Brock to uh, over Roman. Like you said, it wasn't real cops, right? Who, who's, who put them there? Was it Vince or was it Heyman? The thought would be Vince, right? But you think about that. Roman is brash. Roman is talking all this shit, all this, all this shit, not to his face, but in, but in the ring, he gets arrested, and then Brock, who's not supposed to be there, was apparently there the whole time, 
and beats this dude down. That's a great story. What the problem was the next week, it happened again. So I'm with you on well, that part. That's the problem. I'm not necessarily. No, I won't necessarily say that it's okay. So one one ass whooping is fine. Two ass whoopings okay, but as long as they were gone and they kept turned to where like they kept going, he left and came back, left and came back both nights, right? In a situation where like he kept doing it and the crowd turned on it, going from like actually building some sympathy for that night for Roman to turning it into he keeps coming out and the shit's turning to comical so the crowd starts popping and saying you deserve it while you getting his ass whooped. How is there not an audible how is there not an audible line to say like look you're here to do this until this dude gets heat. Oh it got heat S off rip. All right, no more needs for beat no more beatdowns. They kept well, doing it and doing it both nights till we're all of a sudden the crowd turned on it. And and the whole part of it is to get sympathy on Roman. You killed your sympathy and you already had it. Well I think the second night was just unnecessary. Like they should have fought but Roman should have gotten the better of the fight. He didn't have to beat him down, but he should. Well, have, he was suffering the injury, so. Sure, but but he but he got the chair. Like I'm saying, I don't think he should right. have beat him down, but it should have been a thing where Brock backed up and he was, you know, it it, it, it shouldn't have left with Brock laying and Roman walking out. But Roman should have should think, have shouldn't have been beat down the second night. I think I think if this series starts with the first encounter if they have physically, Roman gets the better of him, and then from there on. He does the underhanded stuff, like the like the fake like the fake marshals and all that kind of stuff, and then like lead and then beat him to before the crowd and then stop before the crowd turns on, turns over on it. We have a better story here. It, it's just they they missed out. Like I don't know what's gonna happen because like, there's nothing for him to actually like re- quote unquote recover and recuperate. That actually finally gets a physical advantage over Roman. So we're stuck. Our side over Lesnar. So we're stuck with we're going to a story where like. Okay, so now we're giving, uh, we're making Roman like the dude that has to work from underneath the whole entire match because yeah. he's so injured. Yeah. And I'm just like, we we already had that match. Like, this is the second match between these two. This needs to be the grudge match. This needs to be no DQ. People, people, all types of men, all types of tools, all types of stuff like that. They like we passed the point of, you know, Brock's unstoppable monster, or whatever. It's like, dude, I fought you plenty of times. I'm not shook you at all. Right. They. they, they it would be tragic if they pull a WrestleMania 25 with Triple H like they did with Triple H during Orton. Like you got all this blood feud stuff going on, you breaking in this, you doing all this back and forth, all this build up, seeming like you're heading towards this big brawl, this big fight, yeah. and you gotta work a, you gotta work yeah. a regular match, yeah, and, and start off with a lockup. They, oh yeah, that's that WrestleMania 32. <laughs> oh, the same, they did the exact same, right? They, they learned, they did yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah. Funny how this always you happens with Triple H matches. <laughs> Triple H wants to have that methodical classic wrestling match. But his best matches are not methodical. Like WrestleMania 28 was was wasn't that long ago. WrestleMania WrestleMania 30 was a great match, but uh, look who his partner was. You're right. You're right. I think. I think at that point, like, well, one because you know they they did the the Brian thing with the injury or whatever else, but like it just shows one like. That story hadn't reached the point to where, like, yeah, there was obviously heat between Ryan and, and Triple H, but it hadn't reached the point to where it's like home invasion heat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, was, it wasn't, you yeah, know, throw him it through his window. Breaking down a door with a sledgehammer. It yeah, wasn't I, there yet. Yeah. That would have been funny. Yeah so, yeah. so just, I guess, um, I guess we pretty much said what we had to say about that topic. So I guess we move on to uh, the mixed tag match between Lesnar. I'm sorry, Lesnar got Lesnar in the brain, but, um, 
uh, Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Stephanie and Hunter. Um, I personally, just, just full disclosure, I personally think like this is one of the uh, better feuds they built for WrestleMania this year. So, but um, if y'all disagree on it, because uh, I know Sami, you got plenty to say about Rousey, so I'll let you have it. Yep. So let's get started. So with Ronda Rousey, I like because most of you don't know, I follow MMA on and off. And I caught wind of her rise in the UFC and what she did for the for the women and all that stuff. And while I was watching her uh, become this dominant uh, person, persona being hyped up, like it, it, it wasn't a problem for me until they started giving her accolades and praise, like over already existing athletes, because a couple of people were naming her the most dominant athlete. Of women's athlete on the planet, I'm like, so we're, so Serena Williams has been doing nothing for the past how many years? Okay, but I was, and, and I'm not, and I'm still not saying I had a problem with her. It was like just a hype machine around us. Like she's the greatest. She's the greatest. Like, okay, I get it. She's really good. She's she's great even, but greatest is is in the world. You should be throwing around liberally like that. So I see. So she loses those two fights, and her persona really takes a big hit at that point. To the point where, like, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, was she went on Ellen was talking about how emotional and how tore up she was after that. And, but yeah. uh, when news was coming that she was look, she was gonna sign with WWE. One of my big problems was, like, what I'm like. How how well is this going to transfer over because of how long it's how long it's been since she was as dominant as she was? Another point of contention was like how how much of a spotlight is she going to get over everybody else? Which which you kind of saw at the end of the Royal Rumble where she kind of stole everybody the Oscars momentum and everything else and that's and the stuff surrounding that segment by coming out and just pointing at the sign kind of stole the thunder because like. Yeah, you won a historic match, but look who's here. And when the when they announced the signing for at Fastlane, even though I'm not particularly fond of these segments on pay-per-views, like I just I, I knew that was gonna be the launching point for the few whatever tag match they're trying to get to. And I didn't have much of a problem with that segment. It, it was only the Stephanie McMahon getting getting the hit slap on her and running away because that that's happened so many times in the past. It looked like okay, so we have to wait until WrestleMania to see her do to get anything, right? And then the next week she came, and then the next week she came out. The segment was better, like just because she wasn't doing the things I had a problem with. Because I forgot to mention this earlier, my main issue with her was she was doing way too much smiling for me because. The persona I'm expecting when I'm hearing Ronda Rousey coming to WWE, I'm thinking she got to channel that MMA persona. Yeah, well she just she's me mugging everybody, and which she's not, and she's not just oh happy I'm so happy blah 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 the greatest time of my life. It's like I understand all this stuff, but uh, you can you can say that on paper, you can say that in backstage interviews and stuff, but when it when you coming out to the ring and you in front of all these people these potential competitors, it shouldn't be as happy-go-lucky as it as as she was and my only my last point of contention with her was uh, uh what was it <laughs> yeah when, when she finally got a hand on Stephanie McMahon the Samoa like, drop 
Yeah. Like, the first, like, all right, you're going to do something, right? What, 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 what's it going to be? Right? And then she does a Samoan drop. I was just, I was just so drawing it, like, you, it's like MMA fighter. This, this woman can put you in a hold and, and break, and break you in two. It's like, and then a Samoan drop. Yeah. So, in the in the lost tapes, as James put it last night, we had a real long talk about this. And I, my only issue with what uh, Simon is saying is I don't think he's being fair to a person who's just doing this for the first time. So I realize, and I, I'm very open about this, that I realize I'm a very different and and unique wrestling fan. I uh, consume the, I consume the business differently. I watch for things differently. I enjoy different things about the business that most people of my ilk, internet style fans do, and I, I'm, 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 I acknowledge that. I'm very understanding of that. So, I, when I think of things, I put context to them. I, I look at the entire context. So when we talk about Ronda Rousey, we have to talk about who she is as a person. Ronda Rousey as a person was a person who her mom would wake her up in the middle of the night and put her in a, in a hold. And so she could always be ready. Ronda Rousey is a person whose mom would make her, uh, if she sprained her ankle, she'd make her run miles on a sprained ankle so she'd always be ready. So Ronda Rousey is a person who was trained to always, she's she's a good person, but she was trained to always expect the worst, if you will, right? That's just how she was, she was, she was born and, and trained. So we have a person who, um, was who was who was told by Dana White, you'll never fight in the UFC. There'll never be women in the UFC. And then two years later, not only is she is she the first woman signed and basically building a whole division, but she's the biggest Top draw drop. in the company, right? Um, then you also have a woman who, based on how quickly she was wrestling, how quickly she was winning fights, and that world famous mug she got was becoming hated because, you know, MMA fighters, while the MMA fans, while they enjoy quick fights, they want to see, they want their, their money, money's worth in a, in a pay-per-view or whatnot. So then we get to the point where the pressure comes and she, uh, you know, if you know Ronda, you know that her training staff, she looks at like family and she kind of has that mantra of, you know, I'm with the family, fuck everybody else type deal. And she goes and she fights Holly Holm, and not only does she get destroyed, she gets embarrassed. So bad that she doesn't even go to the post-fight interview. So bad to where she's admitted that she was contemplating killing herself. This is a woman who was taught that failure, not only is, not only is, failure, not a, not only is failure not an option, but always ex- expect the worst, but you can't fail, basically. She comes back to fight Emmanuel Nunes. And like we like we mentioned last night, she was so jarred by the knockout by Holly Holm, she wouldn't even take punishment. She wouldn't even take a hit in training. Right? Hey Rance, yeah, Rance. It sounded like her family that was out here training her failed her on that situation. <laughs> no, and she's admitted that now. They failed her horribly. She said the biggest mistake she made in MMA was not adjusting her training her her training staff and her and the people who trained her. That yeah, absolutely. Um, and she realizes that now. But now, through all of this, the one her one, we all have a hobby, right? We all have have that one thing that we go to when things are bad. Just like us, for her, 
that was wrestling. The reason her, Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Shafir are best friends is because when they were training together, they all bonded over their love for wrestling. So here she is. She's taken the two worst losses she could ever take to the point where she's contemplated even why she should be on this earth. Then she gets a call and the opportunity to do the one thing that while MMA was something that she grew to enjoy, she never loved it. She was a judoka. She was a judo person. She never planned on fighting. She just yeah. needed she just needed something to do to make money with the judo. But she loves wrestling, right? She gets the opportunity to do this. She comes out and expecting to get booed, which she's gotten booed everywhere in her career from judo to the Olympics to MMA, and she is raucously cheered. And then the next time she comes out on Raw, when she actually, oh, I'm sorry, what was it? Uh, Fastlane. Not Fastlane, Elimination Chamber. And she's expecting, again, to yeah. get booed. And she is raucously cheered. So, looking at who she is, these moments where she is completely taken aback and she is choked up and, she, you know, she's awkward. I think they're genuine because you have to understand the person. And then this isn't a person we, we kind of compared her to Bailey last night, not compared her, but we mentioned both in the same Can, breath. Because on. Bailey you is a bad talker. Hold on. You ain't going to throw me under the bus for that one. What I, said, what I was bus. saying was, yeah. no, I, well, just for the sake of it, like what I was saying was, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter how, good or bad someone is as a promo if there are if they're over and the crowd accepts them for how they for how they deliver the promo right that, that's the gist of what i was saying but the only reason i bring up bailey is because bailey is not a good talker but right bailey is was adored so of course she would be overwhelmed by the crowd but she's had wrestling training and did years of promo classes with dusty Rhodes to be able to be prepared for the things she's going to get from a crowd. Ronda's never had that in the wrestling realm. So all I asked Simon was, was to give her time to get past that. She's not a good talker. She's never been a good talker. Go back and look at any of her interviews in MMA. She's never been a good talker. She's, she's, I'm sure she's had, yeah, she's, she's, uh, you, you beat me to it. Look at what she's done on ESPN. She's sure she's had some decent interviews, but by and large, she's a very awkward talker. Because she's a very private person, don't want to talk about stuff. Um, so yeah, there's there's that. But so that's all I asked Simon. And when it comes and in terms of the Samoan drop in the same in the same realm, like I just feel like she I feel like she deserves a chance to learn the business. Like if like I told him like I told him last night, if we're talking about her doing these things six months from now, then we have a legitimate argument. But this is like her first three or four appearances in wrestling in general. Um, also, another thing I wanted to um, another thing I wanted to bring up. Yes, we know we know the armbar is coming. We know that that's going to happen to WrestleMania. I don't want to see her put a hold on before WrestleMania because that's the money move. And they 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 played it perfectly when she fought Absolution uh, this week, and she threw him and flipped him all that, and then she went to put the armbar on. Mandy, I believe it was, and Kurt stopped her. That's the money. Has she put that on Steph before? What's the payoff for all of this? There's no payoff. The payoff is the crowd getting to see Steph 
get put in the arm bar and scream to high hell. So, yeah. Yep. James, you got anything yeah, else uh, on that? Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with you about the about the arm bar, but the, the thing that's kind of funny is uh, the, talking about the, the payoff, for example, was like this company, like you look at the, how it's changed over the last 20 years, like this company gives less and le- every single year it seems like progressively gives less and less of a fuck about payoffs. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting that you mentioned it, like they're saving the payoff for uh, for WrestleMania. It w- That wouldn't be smart. That's what I would do. Yeah. I think that's what most people would do. Unless so, Triple H, unless, unless Triple H pulls his "fuck you" win out of his hat, because he he gets oh, one every couple of years. Oh yeah, I, I I think I said this off air, but I'll say it on air. If um if Rousey and them, if Rousey and, and uh Triple H, or not Triple H, if Rousey and uh, Angle don't win this match, I'm gonna I'm gonna be done with wrestling for a while. Like Simon, <laughs> you will be then be you will then be co-hosting uh. Uh, One Nation Radio. <laughs> so, or, or Jeremy will be doing double duty between that and then keeping it strong style. Because this, I just can't. Like, I'm so, <laughs> like, look, the la- this, this won't be the first time that I went on high ends because Triple H won a match he had no fucking business winning at a WrestleMania before. So, uh, so it, 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 it's how before it's, it it's, can't it's, happen it's, it's funny about that with you and WrestleMania 2000. Because it's like, man, if you had only stuck around for like three more years, <laughs> I'd have been even more pissed. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, look, I knew I knew I knew bullshit when I saw it. I was look, I'm so look, and I still watch this shit now. I'm so much smarter than I was when I I'm so much smarter than I am now when I was younger. I, sh- I should listen to the old me. Uh, okay, so um, I guess uh, at this point, now that we uh, all talked about the the big matches, brother, uh, we can talk about uh, you got your guys' thoughts for what could be the best matches on uh, this potential card coming next year, and also the worst matches. So. Uh, Rance, if uh, you can go into your crystal ball and prognosticate, what what two matches do you think will be uh, the cream of the crop and the bottom of the barrel uh, after WrestleMania uh, from WrestleMania 34? Are we talking? Are we talking about it from an in-ring perspective, or are we talking about as, as the whole package? Um, just I would say the night, all the stuff from the night of the show. And okay. if you don't mind, you think I can I run down the card real quick? Yes, please. Uh, all right, so. Straight from Wikipedia, the Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship, The Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship, Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal versus Rusev in the Fatal Four Way for the United States Championship, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Title, Charlotte Flair versus Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Title, The Bar versus Braun Strowman. And that may or may not be partner for the Raw Tag Team Championships. And vacant. Yeah. <laughs> and vacant. <laughs> the Usos versus the New Day versus the Wyatt family, because I refuse <laughs> to call them the Blood and, Blood and Brothers. Guys would have In a serious matter. Guys I can't even see. See, I can't even say it right now. Call them, call them the Harper family. <laughs> right, the Harper family. Uh, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight Championship. Angle and Rousey versus Triple H. And Angle and Rousey versus the Authority in a mixed tag team match. Uh, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. And Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So that was 13 matches, right? And yeah, I think you can John Cena versus The Undertaker. The match is not announced. The Phantom Match. Uh, yeah. So the card is stacked. 
as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I would imagine that there's people that out there that disagree with me. That's fine. Car stacked. Nah, like on, on paper, this on paper, this on paper, this should be the best WrestleMania of all time. On paper. All right. Because when you look at WrestleMania 33, you can tell by reading, like, okay, some of this stuff is okay, but a lot of it, nobody was expecting greatness. Like, people were barely expecting anything to come out of AJ versus a Shane McMahon. People. Don't say people, because I'm, I'm a big Shane supporter, and I told everybody that would listen to me, that would be the best match on the card. Shane always delivers. We could hate Shane for all Except he wants. I'm mm-hmm. sorry? Except for the last two Hell in a Cell matches he's been in. The Hell in a Cell with Kevin Owens was was before. No, the, was I got I got to disagree with you on that one. Do not get it all. Nope. 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 Look who's the nope. contrarian. This one. Not good. Not good. We we gonna talk. We uh, yeah, we, yeah. we gonna talk about that later. I'm gonna write yeah. that down. Another part about that match. Another part about that match. That match also is worse on rewatch because you know ain't nobody gonna fall through the fucking off through the fucking cell. So the suspense of, oh my god, what's going to happen? They're taking bumps. That's going for you, too. On rewatch, it's even worse. Man, we Write that moving down. on. Yeah. Moving on. Write that <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah, move on. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so I'm going to answer this kind of twofold. Um, if, if you were asked me what are going to be the best matches in terms of in-ring, then I would... Well, pick one, one match you think is going to be at the top and one match you think is going to be the worst. Okay. So it could be for in-ring or for storyline. It could be the combination. Well, I was going to do one in-ring, yeah. one storyline. Is that fair? Yeah. Is that okay if I do one in-ring, one storyline? Um, yeah, sure. AJ Shinsuke is easily going to be the best match in the card. I believe, from an in-ring standpoint. But I do believe and I do believe that the best package of all will be the Authority versus Rousey angle. I think that will be the best package because they know where their money is. And this is the match that a lot of casuals or a lot of MMA fans or a lot of, of non-diehards are interested in seeing. Um, in terms of the worst match, uh, a lot of people will, would probably think to say uh, the United, the U.S. title match because gender's in it. But Rusev is in it. A lot of people would have said that was going to be the worst match in the card. I'm, and I don't Ooh. count battle royals because battle royals are battle royals. So if we count the twelve regular matches, right? But I'm going to I'm I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna to try to be consistent. Cedar Taker just ain't gonna be good to me. I'm sure they're gonna pop the crowd and do cool stuff and the crowd interaction is gonna be amazing, but there's it's just not gonna be good to me. Cena in this Cena at this stage of his career isn't very good. I don't think he's as good at carrying people as he was at one point. And he was never great at carrying people. But Taker at this point has to be carried. So, you know, I just don't, I don't see it. Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to be entertaining. I'm not saying the crowd ain't going to be into it. I'm not going to I'm not saying that I'm not going to be into it. But when I look at everything down the line, take away the Battle Royals, this is by far the one that just, and the U.S. title match, but this is the one that just, one of these things don't, don't match. That's the one. So, that's me. Okay. Okay, Simon. All right, so I'm kind of in the same boat with AJ versus Shinsuke Nakamura being potentially the best match, but I have a caveat to that because Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali, like, I really think that this has a better chance of being the best match on the card if it is actually on the card and it opens the show. 
because with AJ versus Shinsuke Nakamura, you have, there's a lot of factors that go into that about whether they because the style that they worked in New Japan is not gonna. I doubt they're gonna be allowed to do that, or maybe they will. See, there's there's too so many factors with that one. And AJ's but hurt. With, and right, but yeah. with Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali, this this tournament has been building up for a while. While it's been a breath of fresh air, it's been that new life that is the cruiserweight division needs. And with Triple H uh, wanting to get things off start the right way, I'm thinking this match starting off the show. Uh, the, the actual idea. show. It's I a good to, idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. I, I think giving them like 20 minutes or so or 15 will just really could really show how great the cruise would remind us of the cruiserweight classic and what the, the what the cruiserweights coming back to WWE was originally supposed to be for. So not only from an in-ring store, not only from the overall storyline, but from an in-ring point, I think this has a better chance of being the best match on the show. Okay. Now, if it's put on the pre-show, then. Yeah, AJ Shinsuke Nakamura, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, not unfortunately, yeah. but like. Unfortunately. <laughs> let me let me rephrase. It'll yeah. be disappointing. It'll, dis- yeah. it'll be disappointing considering. Let, let me just let's just be frank. These these battle royales need to be the, the pre-show, and everything else needs to be on the main card. You maybe I even think, the I think there United States Championship. Could be yeah, added. there needs to be one match, one regular match in the on the pre-show too. But I I, I would I think, agree with your premise. I think like a. I think in like a year or two, those match, both of those battle royals will be on the pre-show. I think in like a year or two. Well, the Andre is normally always on the pre-show. Only reason it was on the, only reason it was on, uh, well, no, let me, I, yeah, never mind. But it's 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 been, it's been alternating since yeah. since introduction at thirty. Cause but, Cesaro, yeah. Main card Cesaro, the pre-show with Big Show, main card with with uh, Baron Corbin, and pre-show and with pre-show with. Yeah. And the Most women's the women's right. battle royal is gonna be on the main card just because it's the first. Yep, you're right. And then next year, next year will be moved to the right. side, or, I, or in two years will be moved to the side. I do like wanna, it, like I really think in at least one year, one year, but definitely in two years, both of them shits will be on the pre show. I I do want to say this though real quick, the the match that's gonna probably be the most the most exciting for me, that triple threat tag. They're gonna go out there and lay it all out. Cause I need them to. I need Honestly, them to make that a TLC match or some ladder it, match. I would like it's for it to be, yeah. It has it's guys, cause, guys cause, that's on deck. Like uh, on Observer Live, Alvarez is talking Brian Alvarez is talking about this, saying that like some push notifications from the net from the um the network app mm-hmm. actually came through on people's phones saying that it was upgraded to a to a TLC match, but then it quickly got deleted because people the speculation is that like they're actually gonna announce it on Tuesday. Yeah. So Chances are we are going to get that as a TLC match, and which that, is why I'm surprised that you, you neither one of you guys actually mentioned it as a match that could possibly sure. be, See, you know, the best match on the card. You, did you have you realized that Luke Harper's never wrestled a match in WrestleMania in any capacity? No, nah, that's not true. WrestleMania 31 in the IC match. Remember he remember thank you. Remember he, he, uh, he, killed, the, yeah. he basically killed Keenan Ambrose. You're right, but I'm, Luke, Har- Luke Harper and Cesaro are them under are yeah, like, they are godsends for the mid card. Absolutely. But as far yeah. as the worst match on the card, I gotta be honest. I'm looking at Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all don't like Alexa, man. I can't see any scenario in which this match succeeds. Now with John Cena and The Undertaker, I'm not expecting anything. I'm not even expecting this match to be better than WrestleMania 33 with Roman and Taker. But 
the storyline and what they're going to do with the hype video for this and everything surrounding that, I feel like this that has a better chance of being like when they're all said and done once because you know how WWE and these video packages work. They'll take something that's loosely not even that interesting and you'll watch the package like, wow, I kind of want to see this now. So I'm expecting that to happen. The outcome, like, because this should be the Undertaker's swan song. This should be the last match. This, it, this dude gonna wrestle 35 watch. That's just the way it works. I swear to God. Uh, That's just the way this works, dog. We'll talk about that after WrestleMania. <laughs> when we do a WrestleMania review, we, we'll talk about that. Okay. But, uh... <laughs> I can't... What, what, what is he, he gonna do? Is he gonna come back with the orange hair and the... the you know what? He might be me, Mark Cathers, bro, or Texas I Red. I don't know. But this is he just won't go away, man. It's just it's not gonna happen. Let me get to my points. Have, have you ever seen any of those have you ever seen any of those WCW matches between uh me, Mark Callis, and Brian Pillman? Yes, I saw one of them, and it's interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. add to the watch list. But back to my main point. Well, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax, this this storyline is fine, but one the they shot the angle. Great. What'd you say? The storyline is great. Yeah, yeah. The storyline really makes a lot of sense. You would expect it. it's 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 something that people can really relate to because everybody's had Yes. Right. Everybody's had a friend that's uh, said one thing in front of you, one thing behind behind your back. But the problem is, it's just the uh, from a wrestling standpoint, this could be really bad because Alexa Bliss is a great talker. I would go even go as far to say she's the best talker in the women's division. But from in ring, she her first time impressing me was little were two times and they both involved Sasha Banks, who is the who was one of the best wrestlers in that division in general. Ever. Ever. One of the best right, wrestlers ever. ever. Like yeah. the only you can only argue that her and Charlotte are tied. You can't other than that, like because she, she plus even WWE thinks so of all those top the top ten they gave her and all the matches Sasha was involved. But, but I digress. Alexa Bliss has only had two matches that impressed me, and they were attached with a great wrestler. Uh, so I with yeah. With Nia, well, this Nia Jax situation, Nia Jax has been getting the start and stop push for so long, mm-hmm. and she's never really impressed me from an in-ring standpoint. She has the she has the physique. She has she, uh, her in-ring uh, move set isn't that bad or anything, but yeah. it's just like it, it never translates to what it needs to be. Like you never really see her work like a big wrestler supposed to. Like throwing her around, just constant beat downs. She's doing all types of flips and the rolling sentons and the leg drops on the stuff. It's like she needs to be working like Smash Mouth, just beat you down. Okay. That's and that's what I'm expecting from this match. But just because that's what it's supposed to be doesn't mean that's gonna actually end up being good. Whoa. So for so for the, so for a worst match on the card. I'm going with Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. That, that's why I asked you guys, were we talking in-ring or were we talking package? Because every WrestleMania needs a feel-good moment, right? And we, we're living in a world now where we just happened, we started to, we, we finally re- started to remember that women actually matter, right? It's as fucked up as that sounds. Like, these past few years have kind of made people realize that, oh, yeah, women kind of actually matter. Um... So we've gotten past the women's, the women's, the divas revolution, and we've gotten past women's revolution, and we've gotten past women's evolution, to now where we have four women's matches on the card and two singles women's title matches. Right, that's a big step. But the biggest step was 
the women getting real storylines. Forget just them getting put in situations. That's cool. Now they need to have real storylines. So we have the realest storyline on the card of a woman who is insecure about who she is um, and, and what she's going through because you are who you are. Like, I'm a big dude. Like, it is what it is. You are who you are. And her best friend, who is in shape, pretty and all this, and they're best friends, and the, the one of them is using the other, but they don't know it. They don't realize it because they appreciate the love. And finally she realizes she's, she's being used and gets talked about like a dog. And she stands up for herself. That story and what that can mean to little girls and boys all over the world and Naya finally overcoming. And if you if you know Naya outside of the ring, she's a natural baby face. Outside of yeah. the ring. And the few times I watched Total Devils for whatever reason, uh, she always came across as like a likable person. She's a, she's a really, really likable person. So in so if you if in if you look at it from that way, the whole the package of what this match is gonna be doesn't allow me to put it last because the point and the package is is more important to me than the seven minutes they're gonna get in ring. Like there's all for example, uh, what was the match? It was the what was the match uh, where uh, Elizabeth came back and helped Sav and came and her and, her and Savage re. They reconnect. WrestleMania, WrestleMania right. seven against after WrestleMania the seven Ultimate Warrior, right? Seven. Do you remember anything about that match? Honestly, yeah, it was it was the, the best t- match the, of Warrior's career. The ten wasn't that the ten uh, Macho Man elbow drop. <laughs> was that it that was, match? It, 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 it was that, and then it was also Warrior pinned that man by putting a foot on his chest like Jericho. <laughs> See, I don't remember anything about that match. Now, again, I'm a different wrestling fan than you guys are. I'm more entertainment than wrestling. But what I remember about that match is Elizabeth coming back and that feel good moment. And that's a moment that we'll never forget. So the moment of Nia overcoming the Mean Girl is such a big moment, perspectively, that I that you know I just think the whole package is actually one of the higher more enjoyable things on the card that we'll see than what you guys think. Yeah. Okay, so do I, can I go now? Please. Oh, you've been plotting for this a minute. Match is Over here doing the evil hands. Hold on. This match is going to fucking suck. Look, and the reason why I say it's going to suck is not because like, look, this match could be a squash match and mm-hmm. if they squash, uh, and if Nia squashes Alexa, the crowd will reject her, and I'm not saying it'll be Daniel Bryan and Sheamus level of reject, but the crowd will, but the crowd that goes there will be heavily partisan and it will be pro-Alexa, and they will not be happy mm-hmm. if she gets her ass whooped the way that we expect her to get whooped. Then, so, if you give them a match uh, that is longer than three minutes, that's not an official squash, you cannot go out there and run the risk of a match going longer than eight because those two will stick that fucker up. And the most you can do is use Mickey, who's going to be probably sitting on, um, sitting ringside to try to help cheat, to help Alexa win. Sure. So therefore, this match will be a typical bad Raw women's match from circa 2013 or whatever oh, no. else. Oh, no, and, no, then, no. and then, and then, and then we, and then it will be transitioned over to Nia after having a weak match, and she's a babyface champion. The crowd's not really going to be all that enthused for her to win it, so they're going to they're gonna have to go out there and shuffle and try and figure shit out by the next WrestleMania, by the next uh, night on Raw. So this match has a chance to be a fucking disaster, and I'm talking about after the match, 
And then you throw in the fact that the bell has to ring, and these two are not good enough to be to be on TV. I mean, on WrestleMania having a match like that right now. So the story, I think the story is cool. I'm not really enthused by the uh, the luchas to the body shame and stuff from Alexa onto Nia, but I think that, and I'm not really a fan of Nia uh, being like go, basically losing her freaking mind after the stuff that was said to her, as opposed to just wanting to punch her face in, but. The performance by Alexa on the mic throughout this whole entire feud over the last three weeks or whatever else, I thought that Alexa like has finally lived up to all the stuff people have said about her as far as her being so perfect on the mic. Before, I thought the stuff she said was cute. The last three weeks on the mic, I thought that her stuff has legitimately been legitimately good. Like People were saying that she was like the female Miz, and I was like, I would like the female Miz to be a little bit better on the mic. Now we're at the point that we're like, she's actually not only just a, 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 a really calm uh, deliver of words, but also also can cut good promos and do good mic work. As far as getting over your storyline and and also uh, your character, as opposed I mean, to she goes out there and just says snide shit. I mean that's so, fine. I mean that's fine so, and all, but I need I need I need her to get out of two star territory. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it ain't gonna happen at WrestleMania. It's gonna happen. <laughs> These two are not good enough. Like think about it. A year ago, a le- a, like oh not like a year ago. Probably eight eight months ago or so, or right before SummerSlam in that area, um, Naya would had this bad habit of like almost killing the other women. So, yeah, like you remember the moonsault where she almost she almost killed uh when she almost killed Charlotte because she couldn't catch her, and she and, and basically uh Charlotte had to eat it, and then also uh, the whole situation with Bailey where she pops her, pops her arm out the side by throwing her to the ground went away she shouldn't have. Like she's better than that. Like she's gonna to where now you can say, oh yeah, she. I don't expect her to kill nobody in the ring yet, uh, in the ring right now. So that's where we at. A person that ain't gonna kill you and a person that's, that's not good in the ring. So this match gonna go out here and suck. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't I wait. I can hear Brian think, Alvarez right now. I genuinely think y'all are gonna be shocked. I really do. I, I mean, I, I'd love to be. Uh, what was your pick I, for? I, 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 huh? Uh, what was your pick for best match? If you want. Oh yeah, asking me. Yeah. Because yeah. you already gave us your worst. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I never even thought about the best match. Um, I mean, if every if if everything goes according to what I I think they're gonna put behind the match because of um how they actually had the restraint to not do the match until now um how much. AJ has gone to bat with Vince for this match. I think it's going to be uh, AJ and Nakamura. Um, if I had, if you gave me a chance for a dark horse, allow me for the, the, the offer dark horse, it would be the uh, the, the triple threat uh, SmackDown um, men's tag match. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say those two. Like, I, I mean, the um, Cruiserweight match is a good match. I just, I'm just, for me, like, in my head, I've always had it to where, like, oh, yeah, that match is going to basically, like, be in the pre-show. So I can't really... Um, Give it, it that much. If Give it, it ends that. up on the yeah, pre-show, that, that's the so. biggest. Yeah, if it ends up on the pre-show, it's, that's the biggest disservice to this thing because at what point does all this? What, what, what was the point of bringing them back just to be filler? Like we don't. You got. You already got enough filler on TV. You, you got Titus O'Neil and Apollo Cruz wrestling tag team matches against the bar. Like we'll, you got you got filler. 
Like, you don't, you ain't, you ain't need no more. You... Like, so, there's, but a just look of, at the... there's a lot of hours on TV. If, if that card isn't on there, I'm sorry, if that match is on, isn't on the pre-show, what does it bump to the pre-show? It has to jump something. United States Championship match. But they're not going to do it. <laughs> Randy Orton, they're going to put Randy Orton in the pre-show in favor of, uh, of two uh, cruiserweights. Let me, put, let me look. They put Dean Ambrose on the pre-show in favor of Naomi's entrance. Yeah, you want to know why, though? Because Dean Ambrose is out here getting dragged down by Baron Corbin. Still, it's Dean Ambrose. Okay, okay I'm, a, I'm, I'm looking right now. I don't think they yeah, have the... Also, you know, Dean Ambrose, he, you know, we, we talked about him at, uh, a little bit, but, like, Dean Ambrose and, and their eyes still ain't no damn Randy Orton. You say that. Hold on. This is the WrestleMania 22 Cup. Y'all can't see this. I'm showing this on, on, on camera. Dean Ambrose is on the damn cup. He's He was on the yes, side he, of the building at 22. Yeah. And the next yeah. he's a, he was a marquee match. And the next year, he's on the pre-show. So yeah. it can happen to Randy. You know Wonder why? Because he was fighting Brock Lesnar. And then, what happened to, and then what happened to Roman Reigns after that? And WrestleMania 32 is, a, is, a, is another discussion. <laughs> okay. Man. Yeah. Man, we can we can just do a show just talking about horrible WrestleManias, twenty nine, thirty two. Well, hey, I, I well I don't know if you guys ever heard me, but I'll give you guys a suggestion for WrestleMania thirty two. Watch WrestleMania thirty two, and then once you get to the women's triple threat match for the uh, for the women's title, stop. And after stop. Half, after you see that pyro, um, after after Charlotte wins, turn that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania 32 will be so much more enjoyable. I so can't do that. More. I was there, so I can't do that. Everything's burning. I was there. Doing in your brain. But see, I enjoyed I 32 because I was there. <laughs> Everything is always different when you're there. Shows are much more I, enjoyable when you're there. So it was a much more enjoyable show there than it was when I rewatched it. So, yeah. Okay. Real, real quick on that. Uh, what was the, rea- was the reaction for Roman Reigns even worse than it came across on TV? It was pretty bad. Ooh. Had, it was pretty bad. Had to be because it had to be. You wanna know why? Because yeah. on the TV, they turned the they turned the booing down. You can't turn the booing down inside the stadium. It was it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Okay. So guys, um I think it's about time to wrap it up here. Uh, I think we uh I think we um got all got our points across. There really ain't too much else to talk about here. So I think it's a point to wrap. Um, I want to thank both of you guys for being on and um real quick I want you guys uh to, uh, to plug your stuff. So, uh, Simon, uh, what do you got to tell us about? All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at SGC Speaks. You can also follow me on Instagram, SGC Central. Uh, join the Wrestling Squared Circle Group. That's where we all are. Plenty of interactions, plenty of discussions. You can also follow me on, on some, follow my work on Sports Kita. Just, just type in my name, Simon Cotton, to pop right up. And lastly, I've started doing more podcasts recently. And so there's a debate, an entire reason why I've gotten the show with Rance and J- James. So catch me on Anchor. Right now, I'm chronicling the series on uh, Lesnar and Roman Reigns, talking about that buildup. And after this week, I'm going to finish up my thoughts on that and talk a little bit more about the WrestleMania build. So look out for that. Okay. Um, and Rance, uh, plugs? Uh, yeah, you can follow your boy at It's Ray Cash. It's R-E-Y. Um, I don't tweet as much as I should, but I'm I'm trying to start. 
Um, you can catch me on the SMC podcast. We haven't done an episode in a while, but something's gonna start happening again. Trust me, uh, it's definitely. So you can follow, <laughs> you can follow, you can listen to us on that. I am planning on starting to write again uh, right after WrestleMania starts. So I will be doing that for Social Suplex, and uh, definitely uh, follow and support the Social Suplex Podcast Network. That's my show, the SMC Podcast. That's James' show, One Nation Radio. That's Ricky and Clive, our European show. And that's Keeping a Strong Style, our New Japan show. Uh, follow, like, subscribe. You know, give us all the love. We work really hard in our stuff, man. So, yeah, just follow and support. Yeah. Um, and I guess on my end, uh, you can follow me at JamesBoyd87 um, on Twitter. Uh, I pretty much am talking about a lot of stuff other than sports uh, or, or the sports entertainment. So, uh, you catch me out for there. Catch me out there. Um, also check out um, the One Nation Radio uh, Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook, and Instagram as well. <clears throat> and as, as uh, Renz already said, and Simon, um, the Facebook group of the uh, the Wrestling Square Circle. Um, and also, most importantly, uh, the home of our podcast, SocialSuplex.com. Um, you can check out uh, the, the, the columns there. You can also check out the podcast. Um, and you can also, uh, find us at all the places that, uh, the good podcasts are at Podbeam, Pod, uh, Apple and tune in to Stitcher. So, uh, check us out. And Spotify. So, uh, on behalf- Spotify now. Yeah. I forgot about Spotify. Forgot about that. That was recent. Like what? Like last two weeks? Like last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, thank everybody. Thank you everybody for listening and, um, see you later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.